This is another episode of For What It's Worth. Thanks so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. We're on episode five already. Uh, my, how the time has flown by. So uh, this episode is with Chris from the band Show Off. Uh, they're based out of Chicago. Um, they, uh, we talked a little bit about their uh, them being signed to a major label back in the late 90s. I think it was uh, 99, 98 or 99 that their full-length self-titled album came out. And I remember my buddy Dave had that record and uh, we would listen to it pretty often. And, uh, you know, it's just like kind of a classic pop-punk record. Um, they really remind me of um, Show Off and Messed are kind of similar to me. Um, I, I kind of lump them in together or think about them in this uh, at the same time. So a uh, very similar sound, I feel like. Uh, that's just my opinion. So uh, yeah, and we talk a little bit about how they were signed to a major label and there was kind of a really uh, strange string of events that happened uh, you know, during their time where they were on the major label and Chris shares some stories about that. So very, very cool to, to talk to him. And I wanted to give a shout out to... Um, Damon from Bipolar Records who who put us in touch. So um, I think honestly I was supposed to interview Chris many several years ago when they put out their uh, record in 2017, but it, for whatever reason it never happened. <laughs> so, um, but we got to reconnect now, and they have a string of shows that are coming up. Um, actually, tomorrow night in Milwaukee they're playing with Audio Karate. And then um, they're playing in St. Louis. We talk about that on this episode in uh, September. So make sure to catch them. Follow them on Instagram. Um, it's at Show Off Band on Instagram. And uh, check out for local listings uh, if they're coming to your town. So uh, definitely enjoyed talking with Chris. Hope you guys enjoy this episode as well. And uh, yeah, here it is. Chris from Show Off. All right, what is up, everybody? I'm here with uh, Chris from Show Off. How you doing, Chris? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good, man. Um, uh, this is actually uh, pretty cool because uh, I uh, I'm throwing you a, cur a curveball here. Uh, my wow. band was supposed to play a show with you guys in St. Louis in uh, it would have been the winter of 2002. I'm pretty sure. And um, you guys were going to come down and play the High Point in St. Louis. Um, and for whatever reason, you canceled last minute. I think it was like the weather or something like that. Do you have any recollection of this? No, I don't. Um, <laughs> I think So the winter of 2002 would have been right as the band was like breaking up. So Okay. Maybe, maybe that was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe that had something to do with it. Uh, well, regardless, the show went on. Um, it was at the High Point in St. Louis. Uh, there was it was it was supposed to be show off and three local bands, and I think we played right in the middle. I think we played second, um, but we were like so stoked because uh, our guitar player like had your record at the time, and we listened to it a whole bunch before we played, and like. I remember we were, we were super hyped about it, and then we get there, and they're like, yeah, show off, canceled, and we were like, oh, bummer, but um, a, a bunch of people still oh, came out bummer. to the show. Yeah, it was. It was. You owe me one, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding, but um, but yeah, so it's really cool to be talking to you now, and I think actually I looked, I had your number saved from a couple of years ago, um, 
uh, I think we were talking about doing a podcast or something too at that point. But it's cool to be talking to you now, man. Yeah, really good to talk to you too. <laughs> so, so tell me a little bit about, um, you know, you guys. I was doing a little bit of research, and I know that you had that that album that was uh, had that song "Spill" on it. Is that right? Um, yep. Yeah, and and you guys were on a major label back in the day, right? Yep, yeah, we were on Maverick Records, which was a subsidiary of Warner Brothers. So, so tell me a little bit about how all that kind of came about um, early on. Yeah, so, you know, I think it was 1998. We, we formed in 97. Um, first, let me just say, I am sorry that that small... Um, happiness was taken from you <laughs> the band canceled the show no worries man it wasn't it, it, it i mean it was a really long time ago and i don't have any bitterness about it or anything like that it was just a yeah that memory still sucks that though <laughs> it's like you know what i mean it's like i know what it's like to have that moment where you're playing with like uh, at least a semi-established band and that it doesn't happen it would a bummer <laughs> so yeah my my heartfelt apologies and uh i hope that it didn't affect you guys too much but no it's all good it's all good it was it, it's actually it was kind of a it ended up being a pretty good show anyways and um it's good. it was just the irrelevant story that i had so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah well, so, i'm glad so, that the show still went well it did it so, did yeah so so you guys how did i'm interested to hear kind of how you know, you started in 97, it was it in 98 or 99 yeah. that you put that record out? So it was in 99 that record came out, but it actually came about because it, so in 97 is when Show Off started, and how it started was, um, I was in a band called Andy's Yellow Alligator, <laughs> um, the other guys, was AYA for short, um, and then the other guys were in a band called The Brockmeyers. And, um, sorry, I, I thought I hit a bird. <laughs> oh, sure. Not. Okay, okay, good. I don't know what's going on with birds. I mean, every time I'm doing an interview, it seems like there's something crazy with a bird. Um, so anyway, we um, were kind of, you know, my band was kind of well-known in the Chicago immediate scene. The Brockmeyers were, you know, kind of known in the scene too. And we ended up getting together and, started playing shows and we were playing shows with like any band that came up. We were just like, yeah, let's do the show. And we got to know the promoters in the area. It just so happened that one of the promoters that we knew, um, had Goldfinger coming through. Oh, so wow. they put us on the show with Goldfinger. Um, and we played and we were like, Oh man, you know, real big fish. They like, played a show with Goldfinger and then Goldfinger asked him on tour. Wouldn't that be awesome? And so we played the show and I gave the cassette tape that we had made back then to um, their tech. And I'm trying to think, I think it was their guitar tech at the time. His name is Dave Mortensen. Um, I gave that tape to him and, you know, we watched the show. It was a fun show and, um, we went on our own mini tour, and we went down to Tennessee. I don't know if you know the band Pez. Oh, no. Two Z's. Not ringing a bell. They're a great band. Um, one of the members from that band, and I don't know why his name's eluding me right now. We're Facebook friends. 
super nice guy and he's an actor uh, now, but that band was great. Um, they're a pop punk band and from Memphis. Um, a lot of fun. So we were on tour. We did a little mini tour with them. And uh, while we were on tour, we our guitar player called home from a payphone at a mall. <laughs> and, uh, you know, payphones, remember those? Oh, yeah. Uh, calls home and his mom's like, hey, we got a message on the, the answering machine, if you remember those. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, for you guys and we, he was like hey everybody come around so we, we were all listening to this message and it's hey this is John from Goldfinger I got your tape and really liked it and um, wanted to see if you guys wanted to do like a couple weeks of shows with us and we were flipping out you know obviously like oh that's amazing and like for sure let's do that and um, you know then we were talking hey when Real Big Fish did those shows, then they ended up getting a record deal. And uh, so we play the very first show, and I still remember it to this day, it was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We're watching, and there was a, a band before us, a uh, local, and they were playing, and like kids were going pretty crazy for them. It was uh, a great crowd, you know, and I think a lot of times when you play small towns, like kids just appreciate it. Oh, sure. Um, so, you know, we're like, oh, this is great. Like, I can't wait to play. And so we get on stage and, like, we're about to play. And we see John from Goldfinger sitting on the side of the stage watching us. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, okay, no pressure. <laughs> uh, and then we start playing and kids are just, they were going just crazy. It was, like, one of the craziest pits I'd ever seen. And it, like fed off the energy, and I was like jumping off the wall, and it was it was a great show. And after the show, John is like, "Hey, you know, I really liked your show. Really love what you guys are doing. I love the music. Um, I want to help you get a record deal." So obviously, we're just like lost our minds, and so he helped record us um, some demos, and then we started giving them out to uh, labels with the help of our. Well, their manager at the time, mm -hmm. who we also ended up with, Stephanie Brownstein. Okay. She doesn't manage anymore, but um, so we got several offers. Um, one of them was Glassworks in New York City, where I met Paula Abdul, which oh, was kind of crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, she was way shorter than I thought she would be, because I'm short, and she was way shorter than me. But I was like, wow, like, freaking Paula Abdul, you know? And... Uh, I mean, maybe the people on, in uh, the same age group would remember Paula Abdul, but I was totally like, straight up, now tell me. <laughs> she was just kind of giggled, you know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Maverick was one of those um, labels that offered us a deal, and they offered us kind of the, the better deal. They also had, like, the rentals um, on the label. Oh, okay. Um, who's Matt Sharp bass player used to be the bass player from uh, Weezer his band and the Deftones who we really loved and so we were like this is this would be a great home for us and um, yeah so we just we ended up signing the deal with Maverick and like it all kind of went from there you know yeah so so you kind of alluded to and and I've been following you guys a little off and on here um, over the years you kind of alluded to that that then the band broke up a few years after that um, and, and it seems like yeah. now, now you're back kind of doing shows 
um, you know, I know you put an album out in 2017, but it seems like now you're doing um, some bigger shows, um, you know, in Chicago and like Milwaukee and that kind of thing. Are you guys back a hundred, like, did you kind of go on hiatuses here and there, um, like throughout, you know, between over the last 20 years? <laughs> or Yeah, so <laughs> craziness, actually. Um, what ended up happening was <clears throat> we, so we were on Maverick Records. Um, we stopped um, working with Stephanie, and we ended up working with a new guy, this guy, Josh Karchmer, who... Um, was manager of Juliana Theory, if you remember that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I love Juliana Theory. Yeah, they're great. Um, and so we started working with uh, Josh Karchmer, and we were like, okay, so we have this second record we're recording, and we recorded it with Mark Trombino, who did uh, Blink-182 mm -hmm. and Jimmy Eat World. And um, we ended up working with him for the second record, and we were like, I mean, kind of kids at the time, you know, like, I mean, not kind of, we really were kids or early twenties and, you know, we work with John, um, for that first record and like things with John, um, I feel like the, the vibe together wasn't going as well. And we just ended up being like, we want to prove that like, you know, you'd hear stuff on the radio and you'd be like, Oh, it's John Feldman's project band show off and you're like well i mean we're our own band sure i um, mean you want to prove yourself you know so we decided to work with a a different producer on there and i don't i wouldn't say burn bridges really with john but like you know relationship did not wasn't a great one <laughs> at that point sure um and so we ended up working with mark trombino on this record and we were like, you know, we feel like with the first record, it could have been worked differently. And we started talking with uh, Josh Karchmer about trying to get us with a new label. So um, we talked. It's weird because th this is my recollection of how it happened. Our drummer, um, Dan, who's in a band called Fold um, now, he remembers it differently that he remembers that Maverick dropped us. Um, I remember it that we were talking with Josh Karchmer, the new manager, and we're like, we need to be off of Maverick. We didn't feel like the first record got worked the way that we were hoping it would. And um, I think that's still, you know, hindsight, probably a mistake to get off there. I think they, they did a pretty good job and could have done a really great job with that second record. Um, but anyway, we were shopping it around, and what ended up happening was we recorded that record with Mark Trombino, so now we needed a new label to purchase that the rights to that record. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, so we were like, let's do some showcases. So what we ended up doing is we booked a showcase in 2002. Maybe it was 2001, actually, um, for September 13th. Um, and it was just so happened we had that showcase planned and then September 11th happened. Oh. And it happened two blocks from where we were supposed to play. I actually was getting up in the morning on 9-11 to leave for tour to go play that showcase. Um, and when I woke up, like my girlfriend at the time um, was at school and I was like, 
I turned the TV on and I saw the plane hit the tower and I was like, that can't be real. It must be April 1st. Or I I was, you know, kind of disoriented and it made no sense. And she came home from school and I was like, what are you doing here? Like, don't you have classes or whatever? And she was like, did you not see what happened on TV? And I was like, what's going on? Then she told me all about it, like what was going on. And right at that moment, the second plane hit. Yeah. And we were like, holy cow. So... Needless to say, that showcase was canceled. Um, it threw the music business for a loop, you know, for a while. Yeah. It was like people were just unsure what was going on, so no one was signing anybody. and So we were just kind of in limbo. Um, and then we booked another showcase in New York, and I don't remember exactly when it was, but we drove out to New York. We played the WWE Center. We had, I think, a few labels that were supposed to be showing up for it. And when we got there, there was police tape on the building we were playing. And I was like, what is that? So I went up to this cop who was standing there and I'm like, Hey, what's going on with this, uh, you know, police tape? Why is it taped off? And he's like, well, you heard that like anthrax was found in a news building. Right. And I don't remember if you remember that, but there was that guy sending anthrax in the mail. Yes, I do remember that, yeah. And it was the exact day. He was like, that is the building with the anthrax in it. And I was like, wonderful. So I just kind of felt like, man, this must be a signal from whatever you believe in. (laughs) The universe, (laughs) God, whatever. Like, you guys are finished. So I was like, we need to take a break. I just, like, this is crazy. Too much is happening. Like... So we ended up taking a hiatus from it. We were kind of in the middle of trying to work it out with drive-through records, if you remember them. Yeah, oh, I love drive-through records. Yeah, so Richard and Stephanie are people that we had, like, a pretty good relationship with. Um, I feel like they didn't know whether or not they wanted to do it or, or not. I feel like maybe the uh, drive-through fans were kind of like, oh, they were a major label band. Maybe they're not punk enough or something. And um, So we were kind of like, well, how do we do this? Plus it was like, you know, they're an indie label. Like, how do they come up with whatever it was, you know, $200,000 or something that was used to record it? Um, but all of that stuff started happening. And so we just kind of ended up splitting up at that point Dan started doing his thing and Kyle who was the guitar player at the time in the band he basically um, followed Dan with the fold and the fold started doing some stuff and they did they did decent um, they did pretty well they had some great songs they're still going so like the band kind of at that point was on hold and in 2006 I put a new lineup together because you know the drummer and the uh, guitar player were already in another band, so they weren't going to do it. And then, um, you know, you have the uh, bass player, Dave, was the bass player. He quit during that second record, actually. Um, so Nick was our new bass player, and Nick, I think, moved out of state or something. So we, I had all new people doing it. We put out an EP, the Waiting For You EP. Um, And the drummer from that particular record um, is now in the lineup here. So kind of an older member. 
but yeah, that's a short story long for you. Right there. <laughs> so let me ask you this: What's kind of like rekindled, or you know, at this point, I guess what's what's kept you guys going and keep coming back to wanting to to do this? Yeah, so you know, I decided I was going to start a new band, and that's kind of like where we were. Um, and you know, we were like, "Well, what do we want to do?" And I was going to start a band called Rad Racer, and that's kind of where I was with it. And then um, I started kind of like listening to songs I had been writing for Show Off, and I was like, "Man, you know, like this really should be like." There's so many people were like, "Please tell me you're going to do Show Off still," because I was telling saying about this new band. And I was like, man, like, there's still a want out there for show off. And I've put so much work into this band. Yeah. It just made no sense to, like, give up on that. And, like, people wanted to see it. And I had material written for it. So it just made a lot of sense to do it. And then Mickey, uh, who's, you know, drumming for show off in this iteration, was the 2006 one. And, uh, you know, that's kind of, I have two of the members are walking up to the car right now. Nice. Hi. <laughs> Say hello. Hi. Doing a podcast. What's up? Oh, hi. <laughs> this is Wes. <laughs> You're doing a podcast right now? I am doing a podcast right now. <laughs> Did you tell them how the band broke up? I'm telling them how I unfortunately had to get you to do this band. Do they know that? <laughs> that's Mickey and Steve, the guitar player. Do they know that you're driving around without a shirt? They do now. <laughs> That's put, not true. He's put your shirt on, Chris. So, you know, you guys, you guys were based in Chicago originally, correct? Yes. So, um, hold on one second here. Is there any questions for me? So, <laughs> let me ask you this. Was... How was the... You know, when you guys were first starting out, was the, was the Chicago scene pretty supportive of, of what you guys were doing and did that kind of help catapult you guys a little bit? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that, that was the like AYA and Brock Myers, like that scene really was supportive of show off. Um, like I said, we got to do that show. We were asked to open that show for Goldfinger. Um, we were playing shows ourselves and drawing like two or 300 kids. Wow. That's like awesome. before the label stuff. So it was it, it was going over pretty well. I mean, the my old band AYA when we played, I don't even understand how it happened, but we played our very first show with like some decent sized uh, bands for the time. You know, there was like 150, 200 kids at the show for these other headliners, and the second show that my AYA band played, um, we headlined it and somehow drew like almost 300 kids. That's so, amazing. And, and yeah, it was insane. How would you say that, you know, things have, have, and you know, I'm, I'm 40 years old. So like, I can remember the early days where, you know, you that's were, weird, man. I'm only 27. How did that happen? <laughs> I'm 16. Like I can remember the early days where you'd really have to go out and hit the pavement and promote and go to the mall or, um, so record yep. stores and put up posters. And then now you can still do that, and I, I think that helps to put up posters places, and I still flyer shows and stuff like that. But, you know, now it it's you would think it would be easier because everybody's on the Internet. But 
it's also harder because everybody's on the internet. Like how exactly. has that, has that, um, I know you guys just did like, um, a show at X-Ray and a show at Burlington. Um, how, how is that, how has it changed now? Like, you know, do you guys still have a following of people and, and like, you know, do you feel like it's been like the name is still carried enough to like help you guys or like, you know, um, how do you, I guess what I'm asking is like, how, what is the difference between then and now for you guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that back then it was less saturated because, you know, you couldn't record at home. Um, there were there were prohibitive things that kept bands from being like a bigger band. Yeah. Um, and you really did have to hit the pavement to do it. But instead, you basically are like, nowadays, you just get to go online and there are probably a lot of bands who get to go online. They go online and then you know, somehow it, it like clicks in with like a Spotify playlist and suddenly they, they can draw a bunch of people. Um, or you can do TikTok video. Like you don't even need to play shows. Like yeah. you, your first show can be, you know, a thousand people. Like it's, it's different in that. But I will say, I remember even back in the day, I think the starting line, we played shows with them and they, I don't think they, were like a very big band before they got on uh, drive through and then drive through catapulted that band like the very first show they played on this tour with us um, they were like I think they were headlining it and they I mean they're drawing the same like a thousand people so yeah that's wild I think it's yeah. just that you know tastemakers are changed now it's like you're not trying to get a radio personality to play you you're trying to get you know and all of that stuff you're getting like some person at spotify to put you on a playlist to get your band attention um yeah. but as far as for us we have a built-in audience um you know it's hard to reach that audience so you're you try to do as many things as you can to get the name out there podcasts are a great way to yeah um, elevate yourself and it's it's really cool that it can be done on your own and you don't necessarily need a label to do that um, but also kind of in some aspects it sucks because it's so oversaturated that it's hard for any band unless they I mean it still I guess puts you in perspective or puts that into the same category as it used to be because if you have a bunch of money behind you, you're going to be able to get a lot of attention. And if you don't, you're going to be hard pressed. You're going to have to hit the lottery in a different way on TikTok or like whatever it is that people are following Instagram or Facebook that, you know, and each of those things has their like age bracket. So, yeah, yeah that's what I, that's what I was going to say is like, it's almost if you can get the right TikTok user to play your song in a video it can blow up you know like there, there's a guy here um and i i, I yep. mean i mean no no disrespect to to him as a musician because he wrote a song and it's it's a really really good song but he got he started posting it on tiktok and it just kind of went viral and got like four hundred thousand likes or something like that and uh on tiktok and you know um it, it's a dude who doesn't even really play out that much here. Like he's not even a super popular yep. band here, but it's like, 
you know, he kind of got this uh, big following just from from doing it on TikTok. And I thought that was really cool. You know, I haven't really ventured into that. I mean, I, I'm on TikTok. I post videos sometimes, but, um, you know, I haven't gotten into it's a little bit too like over it's almost overstimulating for me <laughs> um to be yeah, a, i agree with that to like tr you know scroll through it but i i definitely think that's true and now it's almost like the opposite like you know um we got on the big we got one of our songs played on one of the big alternative radio stations here um uh, like a, when we put out a new single last fall and like that was that was really cool it was almost like it, it, I mean, it was really cool to be played on The Point, which is the, you know, radio station that I grew up and found out about all these bands like Nirvana, the Foo Fighters and Green Day and all that. But it's like, and that was almost more special to just promote that we were going to be played on there. But it was, yeah. we've gotten more notoriety from just really trying to get on Spotify playlists and like pushing our music that way. You know what I mean? I've gotten more listeners from all over the world than, than I've gotten here in St. Louis. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's kind of the land, how the landscape changed, you know? And I think, again, it's, it's cool. Um, but it's also, it's like easier. I think, uh, is how I would break it down. It's easier to get some attention. Um, but still very difficult to get like ex like an extreme amount of attention. Right. Because right. now it's like, it's not just Spotify. It's like you could be on Spotify and get a million plays, but nobody knows who you are. And, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's, it's, yeah, crazy. That's, that's the wild thing about social media too, is like I've, you know, I, I have a decent amount of followers and I have a lot of people that, um, you know, I'm, I'm constantly trying to kind of create content to promote my band. Um, but it's yep. funny, like, I'll, I'll talk to people, like, close friends of mine, and they'll be like, oh, I didn't even know you put out a new video, you know? And I'm like, well, dude, I've posted about it, like, probably 17 times the, yeah. in the last week. So it's like even the people that are kind of close to you don't always see what you're trying to do. So I'm always trying to think of different ways to get in touch. You know, sometimes I just have to direct message or text my friends and be like, Hey, we're playing in two weeks. Please come out. Like, <laughs> cause they're not going to see it on, yeah. on Instagram, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, it sucks. It's the, it's that algorithm and they want to make it so that you have to pay them even to get the news out to people who follow and like you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Um, so, dude, I know I know yeah. you're running short on time. I have one last question for you. Um, uh, my band, Podcast. my band is coming up. Sorry, uh, now it's my bass player. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, my band is coming up to Chicago. Uh, we're playing at Burlington Bar in October. Uh, Sweet. With bad planning, yeah. I know you guys just played there. To, I'd love to hear a little bit about the venue. What's it like? I've never been there. Yeah, it's a small, um, kind of old school venue, and we played there last week or two weeks ago, um, and loved it. Yeah, it was great. It's a small area, like, doesn't take a ton of people to make you feel like it's a good show. Okay. Um, the, the show that we had was great. Like, I think it either sold out or it almost did. I don't know. I don't pay attention to that stuff enough, I guess. <laughs> I've heard other people. Other bands said it sold out. I have no idea if that's true, but <clears throat> um, it doesn't take a ton. It's like 150 cap. Okay. So, 
Um, but yeah, it was great, a great experience, great sound, um, a really nice stage, and like the bar, it's like a little bar area. When you walk in, it's like the little bar, and you have to walk through the bar to the back, and then you go in the door. Okay. And then there's like the stage and the the venue right there, I guess. Nice. Um, is it an MP Shows production? Yeah, yeah, Brian. Oh, perfect. Yeah, Brian Peterson. He knows what the fuck he's doing. Okay. Know? Okay. Good. So good. I love him. I've known him for God. I mean, he was one of the people that booked Show Off originally. So I've known him for wow a lot of years, like yeah. twenty five years, twenty six years. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He's been really helpful, and um, we we played up. We played in at Sub T downstairs earlier this year and that was an awesome show super small stage though like could you know we like to jump yeah. around and stuff i'm sure you guys do as well like and i was just like man i can't even hardly turn around on this stage without bumping into one of the other guys so um i'm really stoked to see to play at burlington and and see what it's like and dude any any plans to come to st louis anytime soon yes actually um i don't know that it's um out there yet but um I think we are playing, and I don't have the calendar in front of me. I think we're playing at Platypus in St. Louis on September, I want to say it's 15th. Oh, okay. Mickey, okay. when are we playing Platypus in St. Louis? With Bad Year. Do you know that band? Uh, from Milwaukee, yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah, dude, I will. Um, yeah, it's September sixteenth or seventeenth. Wow. Okay, if it's the fifteenth, I'll be I'll be in town. Um, if it's the sixteenth, I'm playing out of town, so I won't be there. But uh, I will definitely try to make it's it. It's a Saturday. Oh shoot! I think that's the sixteenth. Um, oh, well, no worries. At I, some point, we will meet in person. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I will definitely um, pr- like help. I'll do. I'll share it out on uh, social media. I run a. I run awesome. a, a St. Louis-based um, uh, like promotional page called Three One Four Punk, um, so I'll definitely share it on there and, and try to get some people to come out. So awesome. we're we're playing in Carbondale, Illinois, that that, that night with okay. a, um, a band that used to be on Tooth and Nail Records called Sidewalk Slam. I don't know if you're familiar with them at all, but um, I don't know them. Nope. But yeah, we're uh, they're doing a like a I know tour. Carbondale. Yeah, yeah. You ever played there? No, when I was a child, my uh, grandmother lived in Ducoin, and we went okay. through Carbondale when I was like a little kid, and I had just gotten glasses because my vision wasn't great, and it was the state fair, right? Yeah. So we're in the car with my my dad was a youth pastor, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm in the car in the back seat with my youth pastor father driving during uh, the state fair, and there are. These two girls, probably, you know, 16 years old, maybe 17, I don't really know. But I was like 12, or maybe 11. And all these people were on the side of the road, show your boobs, with signs that said, show your boobs. And I'm a little kid, just in the back, like, looking out the window, I'm like, are, there, are they going to do that? <laughs> and they lifted their shirts up. And I looked and I saw it and I was like, holy cow. And literally the thing that came out of my mouth was, eyes don't fail me now. And my parents 
Chris just died laughing. <laughs> that was the first time I've ever seen boobs in my life, so it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> that's that's amazing. That is hilarious. But that's oh why God. I know Carbondale. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a uh, Southern Illinois University is down there, and it's always kind of had a decent yep. punk scene, and and always kind of been known as like a party school because there's not much to do down there so um i i have yeah. it's been years since i've played down there but we're playing a very small like dive bar and um sidewalk slam is from that area so um it'll, oh awesome yeah, That'd be great yeah. Show then. it'll be a pretty it'll be a, and it's like they you know they haven't played there in a really really long time so it'll be a really good show so um but oh, dude awesome. i'm sad i'm gonna miss you man <laughs> Well, it'll be some point. Maybe we can play a show together. I would love that. Finally. Yeah, I would love that. Hit me up when you're coming back to St. Louis, and, and we'll make it happen, brother. For sure. We can throw you on a show in Chicago. Oh, I would love that. I would love that. Um, hell yeah, man. Well, um, yeah, dude, I'll, I'll – um, if you uh, – I'll sh I should have this up probably here in just a couple of days. Um, I'll let you know once it's up, and if you'd be willing to share it out awesome. to your group, uh, you know, to your people as well, yeah. that would be awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's good right. talking to you, man. Yeah, have a great practice, man. Thank you. you, you well, I was going to say you too, but that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to be practicing tomorrow, so it's all good. <laughs> all right, have a good practice tomorrow. You too. All right. See you, Chris. Have a good one, man. All right.